to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Reactive dog guardians. If your dog lunges, barks, generally loses it. The dogs, people, squirrels, skateboards, we have a free mini course just for you. Head over to agoodfeelingdogtraining.com, click free resource to get started on your reactive dog training journey today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. We're so excited that you are listening today. Uh, the we here is me and Steph. If you guys don't already know Steph, she's amazing. And she works for a good feeling dog training and she empowers dog guardians just to go out and kick ass in the world with their dogs. She's amazing. Um, we did a welcome episode so you can learn everything you want to learn about Stephanie. We'll link that up in the show notes, but we're going to talk about something today that we both get asked about all of the time. And that is how the hell do you bring a puppy into a reactive dog household? So Steph and I both have experience doing this. I did it with Waylon several years ago and she is doing it right now. If you guys don't already know, she has an adorable Belgian Malinois puppy called Moxie, and she is scrumptious, and she came into a house of reactive dogs. So we're going to talk about how you do that. Maybe you don't do that, um, but yeah, so we're going to talk all about that today. So um, Steph, do you want to talk a little bit about before Moxie was real, right? Before she like, it was an actual reality. So Well, let's just do just a short little recap. So tell the listeners about your current dogs, and then we'll talk about like your considerations when bringing Moxie in. Yes. Okay. So I already have quite the household. Um, So those of you that follow me on Instagram know that I have Stormy, who is the rock star of Reactive Redefined. He's my 85 pound German Shepherd. Um, And then I have Dakota Sky, my little Sheltie, who is also severely leash reactive. Um, very loud, very barky. And then Cowboy Brown Dog, my little 10 pound Chihuahua Poodle Mix, um, who is not leash reactive, but has a lot of uh, dog selective challenges, um, dogs within his own circle in his house, and a lot of um, resource guarding challenges. So on top of that, there are also three cats in the house. Um, and so there's just a lot already going on. And because I'm a little crazy, I decided to bring more challenges into my life and um, introduce a puppy into the chaos. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been a lot. It's been a lot of challenges, but it's also a lot of fun. And um, it is already like we're one month in and I've already like grown so much um, from doing this. I will say I do not recommend it to just everybody with like dogs in general, but especially reactive dogs. Um, I felt confident in my skills in my skill set and my education and my experience that I could do this, but I still question that on a day-to-day basis as well. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Um, so yeah, so that's my household. And now there is a 13-week-old Belgian Malinois on the mix. And my goal with her is to 
avoid all of the things that I did uh, 10 years ago with my now adult senior dogs who were puppies 10 years ago, who are now severely reactive because I didn't know what I was doing um, last time I raised a puppy. And I'm excited to take everything that I know now to help her be like the most successful little pup possible and successfully transition into the house, um, which is still very much a work in progress um with a lot of management and training involved <laughs> oh my god so everyone i just want to tell you that moxie is entertaining herself with a cardboard box <laughs> while we talk and it is so adorable so if you guys don't already follow Steph on instagram you're gonna want to do yourself a favor and do that we'll include her handle in the show notes okay so Steph, let's talk a little bit more about like your intention with moxie right because obviously bringing her into your life is like not a convenient thing it is very inconvenient there's a lot of things going on so you just want to kind of share with everybody like what were you thinking right like why a puppy right now why her like what do you want to do with her there's there's so many things i think that we have like in mind when we're like all right i'm gonna do this we're bringing another one in yeah, for sure. It was uh, not an easy decision. Um, first of all, breed-wise, uh, Bell's Malinois has been my dream dog for like basically my entire life. Um, I've worked with dogs, been around dogs for my entire life, and I knew I always wanted one, but I knew I also needed to wait until the time was right and until um, I could devote the time and like everything that she needs, um, to help her be successful. Um, it was a little surprising that it happened now. I'm not going to lie. I was like starting the process at the beginning of this year, but I wasn't exactly expecting or planning necessarily to have a puppy by this summer. Um, but one of my biggest like goals with her for her entire life is to advocate for the breed and that you don't have to use um, pain or punishment or any kind of heavy-handed aversive training methods with these high drive what's deemed intense dogs um so far like all we use cookies and we use toys and she's a little freaking rock star and like you don't have to use anything else um so we are having now we're having a moment okay <laughs> this is life there we go yep this is life um so <clears throat> yeah so i really want to be an advocate for the breed to show people that you don't have to use thumb collars or e-collars or anything pain or punishment wise to, to raise these dogs and when i was looking for a breeder um that was something like big priority on my list, but finding a breeder that actually like raises stuff, raises Malinois in general, like force free or with positive reinforcement, it's not, not very common. It's not, uh, not out there really. There's not a lot of people that are doing it right now. Um, and so that was very challenging because I wanted to find a puppy that like from the start was brought up with the tools that I believe in and didn't have like the first nine weeks, eight to nine weeks of, you know, wishy-washy other sorts of training methods that I don't, um, agree with. Um, I wanted this puppy to be like force-free from the start. And so, um, when Richard, uh, the domesticated dog posted his litter, I just, I wasn't expecting it in that moment. I wasn't planning on it. But when I saw those puppies being born on his stories, I was like, wow, 
one of them will be coming to live with me probably <laughs> as long as there's one available first. I had to make sure that there's one available. Um, but I just knew because he, he's so passionate about the breed and about horse retraining and about being advocates for these dogs, um, that that is what I wanted from the very beginning with this dog. Cause that is what my goal is for her, for her entire life to show people and show the world that like, you can do all of it with, you know, positive reinforcement. And just because they're, you know, high drive dogs and they're, you know, very intense and they require a lot. It doesn't mean you have to use a heavy hand um, to get the behaviors that you want out of them. So that's my, biggest dream with her. And so, like I said, when I found, when I discovered Richard having this litter, I was like, wow, like I knew he was going to commit to these dogs from the get-go, um, the way I was looking for in a breeder. And that's exactly what happened. And just watching her, I mean, she is the most like confident little dog I've ever met, like watching her encounter new experiences and meet new people and new things and watching her little brain work and figure it out and just knowing that a lot of that has to do with how those first nine weeks and how she was raised um and what she was exposed to from the very start and so that was top priority for me for sure um bringing in a puppy and so when it all just kind of lined up I was like well crap I guess I'm getting a puppy um I had actually just completed and graduated uh Karen Pryor Academy so it was kind of like a it was kind of a big moment because it was kind of a celebration of how far I'd come with training and my education and like all right like now I'm going to use that and like apply it to this like crazy dog um to show people that these tools work um and yeah it's been a lot of fun so it's been a lot of fun to like to compare and contrast what I'm doing now versus what I did 10 years ago and how much different it is already and how much more confident she is already yeah for sure and I think okay so for everyone listening right obviously you can feel Steph's passion right and like realize that Steph knew that she was going to have a giant project on her hand that she had worked her entire training career to get to. Okay. So if you're listening right now and dog training is not your profession and you are just a dog guardian, that is definitely something to consider, right? Like how much time and energy are you willing to invest in making this work? Okay. And I think Steph, let's talk a little bit too about like the selection process, right? Because so for everyone listening, um, Waylon came from a, a fabulous breeder. Obviously Moxie has come from a fabulous breeder. We got to know the parents temperament. Um, there was extensive health testing. Like there's a lot of things that go into acquiring a dog from a responsible breeder. And I think that that's really important when we're talking about bringing that tiny little puppy into an already existing reactive dog household. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are a lot of different distinctions, right? Between a dog who could be a reactive or a dog who could be aggressive, right? So to give you all a little bit of perspective, when I brought Waylon into the household, he lived with Sonny who could be dog aggressive, meaning he could cause physical harm to another dog. So if that is your current situation, I highly recommend you reach out to a trainer and consult with them before you bring the puppy home please talk to a trainer, get some honest feedback about like how doable the situation is. So in your particular circumstance, you're not terribly worried about like major aggression from any of the dogs, maybe cowboy, like tell the listeners a little bit more about that. Yeah. So aggression wise, I am with cowboy. Um, cowboy, while he's 
small, so he doesn't like necessarily do a ton of damage. He is like, he does go from zero to 100 very fast. Um, we've come a very long way in the last few years. And honestly, that has a big, that's one of the only reasons that I felt confident in that we could do this and that we could um, make progress with a puppy just because of, so just to take it back a step, Cowboy and Storm just a few years ago could not even like be in the same room together. They were, um, it was complete management 100% of the time. They were, he was never on the floor if Storm was down in the room because he would just like, Storm wouldn't do anything and Cowboy would just like go after him and just like attach to his face. Um, and Storm being a very, very large big boy could have easily at any point like harmed cowboy to stop him um and he actually is not he really just like holds cowboy down and is like could somebody like stop this crazy dog and like kind of waits until somebody gets until we like get there to like grab cowboy and as soon as we like pick him up and he like calms down and it's fine um well not fine but like you know the moment's over um and storm is not like there's no aggressive issues with him but cowboy for sure which is why I'm taking it incredibly slow with him, um, which is why part of the reason why I picked a female over a male um, when I made my decision to get a puppy. Um, and yeah, like I said, like if I if we had not had the progress that we have made over the last like even year and a half to two years with him and the other dogs in general and his resource guarding tendencies and just how he lives in the house, this wouldn't have never been possible. Um, but because of how far he's come, um, because I know that while he has his challenges and he has his moments and these outbursts, he also does generally like other dogs and he has a really good relationship with Dakota and he had a really good relationship with my female shepherd that I lost um, just about two years ago now. Um, and I know he can, and now like he lives with Storm, like they're never together unsupervised, but they are together down, like in the household as long as other people are around 99% of the time and they're fine. Um, as long as there's nothing high value to resource guard, of course. Um, so knowing that and all of the work I put into it, I knew it was going to just be like, a whole lot more work I knew that I was I finally got to this place with my dogs where like oh my gosh we're all like mature seniors and they all like they're just so like perfect right now and they all like finally get along and we can all like live together peacefully and so like what do I do I just I go out and like <laughs> add more challenges to my life um okay but, but let's I, talk about how important it is to have a puppy who is one going to be resilient and two going yes. to be confident. Okay. Yeah, so huge. for those of you who are listening, who are considering bringing like a rescue puppy into the equation, I'm going to advise that you ask a trainer to evaluate the puppy first, because Absolutely. if you bring an extremely fearful puppy into your reactive dog household, it is not going to be easy. And the outcome, no, no one can guarantee anything. But the probability of it being successful with a confident, resilient puppy are just so much higher for you. Yeah. So everyone, just really quickly, I'm going to go back like four years. So I brought Waylon in to the household. Tiva was a breeze. She accepted the puppy. It was not a problem. Sunny, it was hard. And there was an incident where Sunny did bite Waylon and Waylon did need stitches. It was a terrible day. I hated it. But the reality is that there's room for error. 
And mm-hmm. if your puppy isn't resilient, that could be a total deal breaker. The puppy yeah. could be afraid of dogs forever and always. Waylon, what a champ. Dude got, yeah. got stitches, loves dogs, good to go. Right. But I don't think that would have been possible if it wasn't for Waylon's upbringing and genetics that he could just like come back to earth that way. So obviously we're going to do a ton of management and try and prevent those things from happening, but everyone welcome to life, right? Like management fails sometimes. And I think that it's important for you to consider the temperament and confidence of your puppy and like, could they handle, can they even handle a household? Like we're bringing them into a thousand percent. Like there's no way, like I would have just gone like through a rescue for a puppy right now and like not knowing what they had done at that point and what their temperament really was. Um, I mean, I, I totally made a screw up already. Like within the first few days, I was like, just had a little too much trust was like, let's see what happens. Like, we're going to try this, just put cowboy down on the ground and nothing like puppy doesn't even do anything. And he just went for her, just nailed her and just like lost it. And I was like, okay, just like, I totally screwed that up. Like never not going to do that again. Like learns that lesson quickly, but like she's insanely resilient and it had like no effect on her. And that would have not been the case with Dakota. That would have ruined Dakota from the get-go if that had happened 10 years ago to her. She's not that confident, confident of a dog. Um, but this little one, like she is, I don't, I've never, I, like I said earlier, like I've never honestly met a dog so confident. And that's one of the reasons why this is working out so well. And because she was so well socialized with her litter, with other dogs growing up that she is so, so incredible with the other dogs. She does such a good job at like listening to their body language and their cues and ignoring them and not just like pestering them and getting up in their faces and like being an irritating little puppy. If they tell her no, she's like, okay, no, and listens and goes away. Um, and that, that was one of my biggest concerns in the beginning with it, with her being a Malinois. Um, I was honestly a little bit worried that she would be like a little more obsessive and just super, super excited. And she is like, she loves other dogs but she can also just be chill and just hang out and ignore them. And I can like, we've kind of, we've worked up to the point where cowboy can be up like on his bed, on a chair or on my bed in the bedroom. And she can be down on the floor and she doesn't care. And she leaves him alone and he can just chill up there and be totally fine. Um, So that's another huge factor, like how well she was socialized and brought up and exposed to other dogs um, for her whole first nine weeks. It's so important. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's super important. Right. And like, I literally told Waylon's breeder, I was like, I want the craziest male dog that you have. (laughs) That's the one that I want. Right. Because I knew, I knew that that was what I was going to need in order for it to be in everyone's best interest. Right. 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 So guys, I just think that that's really awesome stuff for you to be considering when you're like, what kind of puppy would I bring into the house? Right. Okay. So Steph, let's talk about initial introductions or lack thereof. So you brought the puppy home. What did you have in place? Like, how did you do that? Um, yeah. So like those last few hours of a drive back home, I was for sure like, probably the most anxious of the whole trip being like, okay, like this isn't just fun vacation time with a puppy anymore. Like we're going home. There's all the other animals there. Like shit's getting real. And like, how, what are we going to do? Um, so like set up in general with the other dogs, just already implementing so many different training 
techniques that I like tactics that we've been doing over the last year, um, between like muscle training and place training and taking turns and, um, all of that stuff was already in place and implemented. So that helped me feel comfortable from the beginning. Um, as far as that goes, um, so you already have those fluent multi-dog household skills, yes. right? So everyone, yes. if you are listening, you have a multi-dog household and you don't have functional skills where the dogs can wait and take turns and they could like, you know, station on a bed next to each other. You have to do that first. Yeah. Or you're setting so important. Up for so much stress yeah. and misery. <laughs> I like, I can't even imagine if we hadn't like really like focused and worked hard on all of those things over the last few years, like just bringing a puppy into chaos and a multi-dog animal household chaos would have never worked. And it would have just like blown up. Um, okay, and it would and have I'm been... really sorry, but for reference, the cats also station. So it's not yes. just dogs that have yes. skills, the cats, yeah. like you have, y'all have like a very good, highly reinforced system that yes. all of the animals in the household already know how to do fluently. Yeah. And they station together, they work together, they train together. The cats are more confident around the dogs, being with the dogs. They know what to do. They know what to do when there's like now strange dogs in the house. And so that helps with there being a new puppy suddenly in the house. They don't get like as um, scared as they would even a year ago. Um, so that all of those things. And then for Stormy, the biggest like beneficial tool for him was for sure the muzzle. Um, Cause not that I'm concerned about him, like hurting her intentionally or anything, but he's, he's a big boy and he like, she's tiny. She's tinier than I was expecting when, when I picked her up. I mean, she's 14 pounds, but she was still like little. Um, and she very, very much thinks that she loves him and she gets very excited about him. Um, and so I'm more worried about him just, you know, accidentally doing something. And so it just brings me relief and like, like so much less stress. Like when we are doing little brief intro things, having him in the muzzle versus not. Um, and that's just, it's really important that I'm not like going into like a high anxiety, stressful state when I'm doing intros with these dogs because they feel that and they know and they're aware. Um, and that just adds to the tension and that's not what I want. I want to be like, everyone to be breathing. Um, so just having, knowing that he's already like happy and chill and his muzzle was very helpful, helpful for that. Um, I was working on muzzle training with cowboy and we just, it's a much slower process with him. And so we just didn't make as much progress as I was hoping with him. Cause he's much more, uh, like opposed to things being on him and on his face and stuff. Um, but that's okay. Cause it's still something that like we're working on, um, and trying for. So those were the big things, the big skills that I wanted my dogs in the household to already have, um, so when we very first came home, honestly, I was just like, we're not like, I'm not, I didn't want to like bring her into the house and have her just like meet everyone in the first like hour that we came home. That was not my goal. Um, 10 years ago, probably would have been because I had no idea. And I was just like, I just want, you know, her to love all the dogs and all the dogs to love the puppy and like yada yada and just like overexposed <laughs> and freak out the dog because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, so definitely not a priority this time. I wanted her to come into the house and like check it out and investigate and smell all these new smells. And I mean, she'd been traveling with us for a few days on the road, driving, leaving her whole, um, all of her siblings and were the place that she had known for the last nine weeks. And it was a whole new world for her. Um, so my main priority was for sure helping her feel comfortable and confident and not overwhelming her with all the other animals and then not stressing out 
the other animals unnecessarily. Um, Dakota, I wasn't too worried about being like super stressed out about it. I thought she'd be like, Ugh, like really mom, like this one's staying like, are you serious? But, um, she, I'm not, I wasn't worried about her. Like, being like me like aggressive or like mean or anything she's actually a very very good teacher to the puppy so I just set it up so that all the dogs were like outside when we got home in the beginning I also made sure they all uh had CBD on hand so like they were all CBD'd up on board um made sure that there was like frozen like Kongs and stuff like stuffed and ready to go like in the freezer um for like later on in the night when we had been there for a little bit for Stormy to have something to do in his kennel um have the cats just like locked down in the basement so that because I wanted my biggest concern with her seeing the cats for the first time was that it would instantly turn into a game like a game of chase that like the cats would see her the cats would run she'd be like oh this is freaking fun and that would be like all we knew with cats for the rest of forever and that's not what I was looking (laughs) to create um so started with just like everyone locked away um and then the first night we did do I brought Dakota Dakota like meet her and say hi um and just you know kind of let them be like we just went into the backyard so like no leashes and just um a lot of calling away so I'd already been working on like in the few, just a few days that we had had Moxie already working a lot on like her name recognition and like paying heavily for it and getting her attention on me. So doing a lot of like letting her like check out Dakota and say hi, and then getting her to like come away with me and like leave Dakota alone and then like let Dakota go inside and have a break and just doing, um, definitely following Dakota's cues and what she was comfortable with and what she was okay with. And she was actually much more confident and okay than I was expecting. So that was really cool to see in her too. Um, I thought she was going to get a lot more irritated, a lot quicker and fed up with the puppy and be a lot more snappy with the puppy. And she would definitely like, she definitely puts her like, we'll tell her like, Hey, like too much. Like you were licking my face, like too much, but she she has so much patience and tolerance, like way more than I was expecting, even from like day one. Um, so that was, that was really, that's been really, really fun to see. Like, that was my big thing is I wanted, I want Dakota to like be a teacher for her. Um, so that's working out like even better than I was expecting, which is really fun. I thought there was going to be a lot more management of like calling Moxie away from Dakota and like leave her alone. And Moxie listens to her and like, will tries to play with her still a little bit, but um, so just pretty much leaves her alone. So that's been definitely the most successful. Um, and then Storm does really well. He's very, very comfortable in his crate or in his box. So after we had like the excitement had worn off of us coming home and him knowing like he still knew there was a dog, like a puppy in the house, like him being in the backyard. Um, so we kind of like took her out and had him go in his box and did his dinner time and his um, frozen Kong and stuff to give him stuff to just like decompress and chill out a little bit and calm down and then had her kind of like come in and be on leash like in the kitchen area um and just tossing like handfuls of cookies at him so because he gets excited and that was like I was just concerned about him like in the very beginning just getting overexcited and just kind of like smushing her on accident because he's just so big and completely unaware of his size and his body um so I wanted with him, I really wanted to like work through the initial excitement of her being a baby, being new, being in the house. Um, so all of the greetings over like the first even probably like week to week and a half with him were like through doors, 
like the back door, the glass doors or him in his crate, or I would like trade it out and let her go in his crate and eat a bunch of cookies and him be on the outside and be like, I'm like, what's she doing in there? But then he didn't care about her. Um, so he did really well with that in the beginning and then slowly working up to like, okay, then we, I put his muzzle on and we like had him in his muzzle and had them just kind of doing some slow sniffing and then like very, very short and sweet. Like, and none of these were very long meetings in the beginning because trying to keep everything as positive as possible um, for him. That's important for, for her. Storm. Yes. And yeah. for her, right? Like yeah. we have to protect these puppies because. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't want to be accidentally step on her. That doesn't yeah. mean that like that. Something that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and then lots of the other tool that we utilize a lot um, in the house is look at that. So lots of like both of them together, like looking at each other and yes, you know, marking, reinforcing for them, then, you know, checking in with me instead of again, being obsessed with each other. Um, so a lot of look at that. And then um, I believe, yeah, it was within the first few days then too, that I got the cats out for like a um, their station, like a station session for them. So got all their bags out. They got all up on the table, did some stationing, had the other dogs in their station places, and then brought the baby in and had, you know, Moxie come in and having her lying down and kind of starting to watch. And the funnest thing with her is that she picks up stuff so fast that after we do it like one or two times, she's like, okay, I got this. I know exactly what to do. And now like I've, I had a few videos on my stories over the first few weeks of her already just like laying down, like in her place with all the other dogs and the cats and me just walking around. And I do a lot of, lots of everybody sitting, sitting in their places and me just walking back and forth and back and forth between everyone and doing treats. Um, and so, so far that's all we've done with Cowboy. So Cowboy has only been, um, like up in his bed on the chair, high off the ground away from her. And then her being at a distance and him doing lots of look at that while she's on the ground. And then the same thing with her. So her looking at him and checking back in with me from a distance, instead of just like running over and jumping up to get in his face. Cause that's what will trigger him. Um, and really like, I'm really working on her being able to be around him and knowing that he's there but like just ignoring him because that's what's going to be the most success, like beneficial for him in the long run. Um, he does very well when other dogs just ignore him. And it's when they are like up in his face and in his business that he like is like, no, like I don't like you anymore. And I'm going to uh, tell you about it very aggressively. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so he, we haven't even done... He has not been on the ground with her at all. So either like one of them is always like picked up or put in a separate place. Um, I just with him, I have no like designated timeline. I'm going at his pace. It's a very, very slow pace because I want this to be successful long-term with him. And so however much management we have to do right now while she grows, like I'm totally fine with. Um, we're also kind of, happen to be in this weird transitional period where we're kind of transitioning into an apartment so we're half time in an apartment and half time in the house so I have Dakota and Moxie with me in the apartment and everyone else gets to stay at the house right now which is nice to give everyone breaks um and honestly that's probably one of like been one of the biggest like helps through this time it was unexpected but it ended up like being more beneficial than I was expecting um, just because we can like we can be together we can do like 
like training sessions that are completely controlled, managed by like managing everything. And then like, we can like leave and give cowboy a break, give the cats a break. Um, even stormy, like, even though he's not like necessarily stressed, like he's like, Hey, not that he's stressed in the same way that cowboy is where cowboys, like there's another dog in this house. I don't like other dogs. I don't want it in my, in my space. Storm is more stressed where he's like excited. So he's in this constant state of like over arousal right now too, because he is still excited about her. We're still working on those calm feelings. Um, so, so yeah, so that's been very beneficial for me to like have these breaks of like, okay, we can be together and then we can like breathe apart from each other and then come back and be together and sit, slowly ease everyone together. Um, I'm actually like really excited for though. So, cause it's, I don't want any like rush moments that will like potentially screw it all up because that's that's kind of how it happens like when we get impatient we're like but everyone just needs to like love each other and get along and like live together and it doesn't always work that way and I knew it wasn't going to work that way when I decided to get this puppy I knew I was in for a long a lot of work and a lot of effort and I'm okay with that um so yeah so the intros like Dakota totally 100% they're living together like totally fine doing lots of like scatter feeding together lots of chewing together because I'm trying to prevent as much re you know any resource guarding from the very get-go with between people and dogs um for Moxie and Dakota um and yeah and then Storm and Cowboy are just I'm definitely waiting more for her to grow in size with Storm too more than like like we're still we're gonna take it very slow still do lots of like muzzle do lots of like you know walking together um, but the like off leash playtime together will not come until she's quite a bit bigger just because there's too much of a risk. Like that's even though it, like they could still be having fun and he gets to like unintentionally accidentally do something to hurt her just because she's so big. <laughs> so yeah, okay. And then so Moxie's been with you for how many weeks now? Um, for a month now. We've been yeah, it's been like officially a month this week. And everyone, I think that the realities of these timelines are really important for you to understand, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Because if you're bringing a puppy into a household with dogs who are reactive or aggressive, management is going to be your norm for a while. Yeah. Okay. So like, you know, you have to think about one, is that feasible for you and your dogs? And two, like, can you live like that? Right. Yeah. Because I will tell you that it is very draining to not be able to just like let everybody out together and like everything to be fine. Right. So like It's worth the work. <laughs> yeah. But there's also those realities, right? Like we had a giant X pen set up in our tiny house for months because yeah we had to use it as management, right? Like yep. that's just part of the reality. So I think just really good things for everyone who's with us right now to like really strongly consider, right? And like, obviously it's possible. Steph and I yeah. are doing it. I did it, you're doing it right now. It's yeah. possible, but possible. you know- It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It is a yeah. lot of work. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what you're doing for Moxie in- uh, I guess we'll call it sheltering her from some of the behaviors, like the reactive behaviors that your dogs do that you don't want her to observe, pick up practice, because yeah. that's also an extremely important thing. So everyone, yeah. you are listening right now and you have a reactive dog and you have a puppy, please prep yourself for, it's going to be separate outings for a really mm -hmm. long time, <laughs> like at least yeah. six months, at least six months. 
right? Because your puppy has to be able to experience the world without this influence from the dog who, you know, we love them. They're amazing, but they do things that we really don't want the new puppy. Yeah. And they're so like, they're little sponges right now. Like she picks up on everything and she watches the other dogs, like, and it's like, Oh, what are you doing? And like, she, so for sure. One of the biggest things, um, from the beginning, like the first week, week and a half, we, I basically just like was keeping her nighttime, like at the apartment, like away from everyone else. Honestly, I just wanted time for her and I to get to know each other, for her to settle in, for her to get comfortable with all the new people and the surroundings and to establish some of these behaviors from the beginning, like that I wanted her to be comfortable with, like the look at that and just checking in with me and responding to her name. And I wanted some of those things to be like in place a little bit before starting to bring even Dakota in a little bit more um, because Dakota is very least reactive to people and dogs and is very barking and loud. Um, and Moxie in the beginning has so far not been, and it's very nice. Um, she absolutely adores other people and other dogs and gets super excited. She has a few moments. She's had a few moments here and there where like, she's been startled by another dog or just the way the dog is standing or looking at her. It's a little bit more worrisome. So she will get a little barky. Um, but we work through it and I'm u- like using all of the reactive tools that I use all the time for my reactive dogs is helping, um, her to help her to not be reactive in the future. Um, I mean, Dakota was doing this 10 years ago as a baby and I was like choking her on a choke collar because I don't know any better. And I'm like, stop it. Like stop being loud or embarrassing me. And I'm like, that's not what, what they're doing at all. And now, you know, now I still have this like fearful reactive dog because of what I did to her. Um, and so very much that is like top priority with Moxie is making sure we are doing everything like I'm doing everything possible to help her feel confident. So she does not um, pick up some of these reactive thing, uh, tendencies that like Dakota has. Um, so yeah, lots of like separate um, outings or if they are going together, like two people. So like separate people walking them, lots of high value treats. Um, honestly, with Dakota, it's kind of because we are suddenly also doing a lot more she's kind of getting thrown in and because she's watching Moxie like approach people and dogs and be confident and happy and excited. And then Dakota's all of a sudden like, Oh wait, like I can go say hi to you now too. And so that's kind of fun to see, like she's kind of helping Dakota be a little bit more confident. Um, but that's like specific, you know, to Dakota in our situation, I want to like, don't count on like going out and getting a puppy and your puppy suddenly making your dog not reactive. Like it's not the case at all. Like it, there's definitely, very low probability. Yeah. Low probability. Low probability. Like, that's not, I'm not expecting that to completely go away. Like it's still a majority of the time, like Dakota's reactive and it's, I'm very much like there are days where I'm like, Oh my God, like, why did I, why did I want to get a puppy? We're still working on so much. Um, like, and how do I like prevent Moxie from picking up these things and thinking that she has to be that way too, just because Dakota is. Um, so yeah, a lot of like separate things and a lot of just confident building, confidence building. Um, uh, that was Moxie was like very quiet. She's very, very good in her box. I think she would have been excellent in our agility class, but Dakota and Cowboy were still struggling with that when they're taking turns they get very worked up and excited and she was very quiet until they started their little like howling singing and now she thinks she too has to howl and sing during agility so already like having to work 
through that because she's just literally copying like what they're doing. Um, and she was totally quiet and fine until they started doing it. And she's like, oh, I need to like cry with everybody else. And I'm just like, that's not what I wanted. Um, so yeah, so it's definitely challenging to navigate multiple dogs and help <laughs> them all. And honestly, I would have never suggested this to, to like any person that was not a trainer that like I did this knowing also like I'm going to be utilizing her for for training, for working with clients, for like getting more into um, like dog sport and protection and obedience and like other things that I like, that's my career. That's what I want to do in my life as my career, which is why I got this dog. Um, if I was working some other like regular full-time or part-time job, this would have never worked. So <laughs> yeah, right. And I think like, okay, so for everyone listening, it's really important for you to understand that you don't live in a vacuum, right? Like we're going to go out of our way to try and prevent our puppies from learning these things from a reactive dogs. And they're still going to pick up some of those things. And yeah. that's okay, right? Not yeah. the end of the world, but those things are going to come up. They're going to be big. They're going to need your undivided attention for a little bit. And that is a very big strain on the human, right? Yeah. Your energy, your time, right? So exhausting. I think that it's really important that we're all evaluating like what we're capable of humans as humans, right? Like, am I even capable of this right now? And it's like, you know, you got to be as prepared as you think you can be. And you're just going to learn and it's going to totally. be a good show sometimes. And like, that is fine. Yeah. But I wanted just to be really blatant and honest with everyone about like, this is the reality y'all like it's possible. You can do it. Right. I'm not saying that it's impossible, but it's not a just a walk in the park. Yeah. Right. No. It's not just a walk in the park. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what you're doing to maintain your sanity. Like <laughs> you have like some self-care stuff going on. Like, how are you managing this? Um, I mean, I would say I was thinking about this and I was like, well, one of the very, like the top answer, um, I got really lucky that so many other people in my life right now also have puppies and man, puppy play dates and play groups with these other puppies is like, I'm so, so grateful for those times and for those connections, because I don't know what we would have done if we didn't have these like people that we could casually reach out to on a daily basis and be like, Hey, so we need some playtime here. Like, let's get this out. Um, and granted, like, we're still going to do like, you know, puppy class and, um, that kind of stuff. But the fact that we have close people within our lives that also have puppies around the same age has been very, very helpful for my sanity and to also like get together and be like, oh my God, like we thought we were potty trained yesterday. And then today this happened. Um, and to share those like frustrations, um, on a daily basis. <laughs> um, so yeah, also just like, I definitely put a lot of pressure on myself and what I think I need to be doing with her and my expectations. And like, on top of like managing like the household in general and all the different animals, also like all of the things that I want to do with her in general and like the trick training and like all of that. And so like reminding myself like, okay, she's, she's still a baby. Like she still has an entire lifetime to learn these things. Um, also like she needs 
like time alone is equally important and like create time alone and not always just being like stimulated with stuff and doing stuff. And then it's also equally important for me to have that time alone and to have like breaks from her. Yes. Um, oh so, my God. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Say that again, please repeat that because yes. everyone internalize this, please. Yes. It is equally important for you to have breaks from your puppy as much as it is important for your puppy to have breaks from you. But yeah, we all need a break. You need to breathe. You can't be like on hundred percent of the time. And with puppies, it's literally, it's 24 seven. Cause even through the night, like, you know, you gotta be prepared to get up and jump, run outside with them if necessary. Um, and yeah, so that's, it's taken me now, you know, we're a month into this and I, struggle with that but I'm getting better at like okay no like we need I need to breathe and I need to take a break and it like that's important for me to be able to like continue to step up every day for her and do what I need to do on a daily basis to like take those breaks um and do stuff that is also still important to me um pre you know puppy life (laughs) um so like having a baby yeah okay so everyone I know that this episode really I think the takeaway is don't do it but that's not really what we mean that's that's not really what we mean because from personal experience I have grown exponentially as a human being because of bringing a puppy into my reactive dog household right and like it's it's crazy sometimes right like it's there's a lot of roller coasters but I think that if you have a good attitude and you have trained behaviors, you have management in place, you choose the perfect puppy for you. Like it is so freaking doable. And that is clearly proof of that being possible. So doable. Like what's the plan? Like don't just jump out. (laughs) Like I for sure had like, like just knowing the type of dog I was getting I was like all right I like the moment I made the decision to bring her into my life like I knew I had nine weeks to prepare myself and figure out like all right what do I want to do with her and what do what do I need to do to prepare for this um and I mean a month in like I've already like grown so much and she's already taught me so much and I mean every new dog that comes into our lives I feel like this happens like it's why why we do this and why they choose to come into our lives and we we learn so much from each other but um, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I'm still glad that I am doing this as crazy as it is. And I've gotten incredibly lucky with her, just the fact that she is such a phenomenal little dog too. And she like, she's learning things so quickly and she's, um, I don't think we've had a single like knock on wood. Um, we haven't had a single like pooping accident since I brought her home, like in the house and like all of these things all because she was set up for success from like the moment she was conceived um like just helped me out so much like we would not be here if this was a different dog so yeah oh my god okay so everyone if you're like okay how do I find an awesome breeder we have an episode all about that. It's entitled how to responsibly purchase a puppy. So listen to that. Right. Cause I think that that will give you a lot of feedback. Steph, yeah. you're amazing. I freaking love Moxie. I adore you. I'm so excited to see you all grow everyone. I hope you got a lot out of this episode. If you did, Hey, let Steph know tag her over on Instagram and we'll be sure to include her handle. So you can find her Steph. Keep being amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. 
All right, everybody, I know that CBD is a hot topic and rightfully so. There's a lot of misinformation surrounding CBD, but I tell you what, there's a lot of pretty amazing evidence for how amazing CBD can be for not only humans, but also for our pets. Uh, the ladies at VetCS uh, were on the podcast recently. It was episode 148. Give it a listen. You will learn a lot. Um, but I use VetCS products for me. I use VetCS products for the dogs. And I tell you what, Tiva, as she ages, the CBD is just amazing for her arthritis. And Waylon greatly benefits from the CBD too. So if you've been considering CBD for you or for your pet, check out VetCS.com. And you can use code DisorderlyDogs for 10% off your first purchase. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.